Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Jacob Buer Show today. Today, we are joined by Mr. Scully, who is the former president of Pepsi and the former CEO of Apple. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jacob. Nice to be on your show with you. It's an honor and privilege. Are you ready to dive into the questions today? Sure. Let's, let's go ahead and have a good conversation. Awesome. My first question is, what steps did you take to become CEO of Apple and how did you start your corporate experience? Well, I'll take that in reverse order because uh, I had a corporate experience before I was recruited to Apple and I had gotten my MBA at the Wharton Business School after graduating previously from Brown University. But uh, I decided to go into advertising uh, back in the early days of when big brand uh, television ads were really popular. And I was working on the Coca-Cola advertising account and I got a contact from Pepsi to say they were looking for a trainee to come in and um, eventually be in their marketing department. So that really appealed to me. So I went uh, and fortunately got the job at Pepsi and I went out and I was driving Pepsi trucks for six months. I was started in Pittsburgh. I went to Phoenix, Arizona. I was putting signs up in 120 degree temperature on, on roofs uh, in order to get our uh, Pepsi signs up out there. I reset shelves in the middle of the night. And I was doing all these things that my friends thought was crazy. Why would I take a job like this? And to me, it was just fascinating because I was learning so much. And that was my first really start uh, in uh, business. And then from that, I got increasing responsibilities. And then uh, several years later, to jump ahead, I got into the marketing department. It was eventually, I was selected as VP of marketing uh, when I was uh, just 29 years old. Uh, which was pretty young at that time. And I worked at Pepsi for a number of years and we uh, eventually launched the Pepsi challenge. The Pepsi was outsold 10 to one and 50% of the US uh, in those early days. And we turned Pepsi around and it actually got so successful. We uh, became even larger than Coca-Cola and became the number one consumer package good in America. And it was from that experience that uh, Apple heard about me and they were looking for a new CEO because they'd fired their previous one. And Steve Jobs was only 27. He wanted to be CEO, but um, they gave him the right to turn down the uh, candidates if he didn't like them. And they went through so many candidates in Silicon Valley with Steve turning them all down that eventually David Rockefeller from the Rockefeller family that were big early investors at Apple said, why don't you try a different industry in a different part of the country? So a, a top a recruiter brought me to Apple's attention and I was eventually recruited by Steve Jobs and the Apple board to come to Apple. Wow, that is awesome. And what was it like knowing Steve Jobs? Well, I remember I knew Steve when, when he was in his 20s and he was uh, really charismatic. Uh, I remember that when Steve and I would meet every weekend for five months, he would fly back to New York where I was. Uh, or I'd fly out to California to meet him. And finally, in the end of, of uh, March, 1983, uh, Steve and I were st standing on the terrace of his New York City apartment, uh, which he eventually sold to Bono years, uh, decades later. And I said, Steve, I've thought about it a lot. Um, I'll help you for free. 
uh, let's be great friends, but I'm not coming to Apple. And Steve then had uh, jet black hair and very uh, dark black eyes. And he stood about 18 inches away from him. He even wore the, the black turtleneck sweater and blue jeans in those days. And he paused and thought for a long time. And then he said, you want to sell sugar water for the rest of your life? Or do you want to come with me and change the world? And that completely turned me around. I didn't give an answer, different answer then, but six days later, I was uh, working at Apple. And that was kind of uh, you know, a, a glimpse of what Steve Jobs was like. He, he was so charismatic and so brilliant. He could come up with exactly the right thing to say at the most important moments. And, and I saw that continually through uh, the time that Steve and I, I worked together. Wow, that is just awesome and an incredible story. And um, you became CEO of Apple in 1983, if I'm right? That's correct, yeah. All right, awesome. And I got to ask you this question next. What is the most important life lesson you learned? And what advice would you have for young people out there? I think the lessons I've learned in life is that uh, it all starts with curiosity. You just have to have a curiosity about everything. And particularly if you're going into business, you have to look at other businesses and say, there has to be a better way because I'm an entrepreneur uh, business leader and entrepreneurs are the ones who break the rules, think about new things, are willing to take big risks and they don't always work. You know, sometimes you fall down and you make a mistake and you have to pick yourself back up again. And so entrepreneur CEOs uh, are people who are risk takers. They have curiosity. They think about better ways to do things, but they've got to be able to communicate to people to want to join them and become part of that team. So it means you've got to be able to explain your ideas so that other people not only understand them, but are motivated by it. And then you have to realize that when you become a CEO, that a big part of the job is leading the team. It isn't doing everything yourself. So one of the mistakes I made when I was a young business person, uh, I used to say, well, I can do it better myself. And so I try to do everybody else's job. Well, that's really discouraging for the people on the team. And uh, they really don't want you to do their job for them, but they want you to be the person who you know, holds the team together and who recruits the right people on the right seats on the bus on, on, on the team. So the role of the CEO is, is to be the leader, not to be the doer of everything. Awesome. And what was, speaking of, when you were CEO and everything, and when you were um, the president of Pepsi and other and, and other executive roles, what was the most stressful thing managing? I think the most stressful thing for me were always uh, people issues because um, when you're CEO, no matter what size business you're in, uh, the people are the most important. Uh, reason for your success and picking the right people or if someone doesn't work out and you have to make a change or if two people or three people aren't getting along, you know, how do you, you know, cor help correct that situation? So figuring out the, the vision, the strategy are only part of the job. The even bigger part of the job is the people skills you need to be able to work with other people and to build their confidence, not only in you as your as their leader, but also build their confidence in themselves and what the team is capable. And just coming back to Steve Jobs, uh, even uh, Steve Jobs, when he was in his 20s, and he wasn't an experienced businessman at, at that time, but he was charismatic. He had incredibly 
know, brilliant ideas. And he was able to recruit really talented people to want to want to join him. But the biggest challenge he had was how did he get people to push beyond what they thought was their own abilities. So he was always uh, getting people to you know, try to do more than what they thought they could themselves. And so he, I remember when, they, when uh, we were developing the, the first Macintosh and one of the software engineers would come back and say, Steve, I've got something to show you. Uh, I got that particular problem you wanted me to solve down to four steps and I wanna give you a demo. And Steve would look at him and said, I'm not interested. You know, come back when you have it down to three steps and he'd send him away. And this would, might be two or three in the morning. And then the, that person would come back again a few days later and said, Steve, I got it down to three different steps you have to go through to, to be able to um, do this particular task. And Steve said, well, I'm not going to look at it. Get it down to two steps you know, and, and then I'll look at it. And that was typical of how, how Steve Jobs uh, was. He was always pushing people, pushing people to go beyond what they thought were their own, their own capabilities. Wow. And, you know, speaking about being a leader like you and everything, you have to have so many qualities. And a big thing, just like you said, is getting along with people and understanding their perspective so that even though you might dis disagree a lot in business, like what you just said, you can hear their perspective and work together to build an organization or a company and change the world. Well, um, so when you're in school, you know, the smartest people always end up uh, being the, the students that the people say, wow, look at their incredible abilities. But when you come out into the real world, you find that it isn't necessarily the people who are smartest in school who end up being the most successful in business. And it doesn't mean that you don't have to work hard and be accomplished at you know, certain abilities, but it does mean that there's, there's more to being a successful business leader than just getting good grades. Uh, it means that you've got to, be thinking about sort of over the horizon saying, well, uh, we want to get from uh, where we are now to an even better place. So what is it we as a team have to do together? What are the tasks that each of us on the team have to perform really well? Well, that's quite different than when you're in school where you're largely uh, being uh, measured on your own individual work. You know, how much did you uh, study and learn? And then you're tested, you personally yourself, and you're not allowed to talk to the person next to you uh, because that's called cheating. When you get out into the real world, it's not like that at all. In, in, in the real world, uh, you want to do things with other people. Uh, if you can't solve a problem by yourself, you want to be able to ask someone, so you know, here's how I'm thinking about it. How are you thinking about it? So it's a completely different experience from what you typically get when you're in school, uh, when you're out in, in, the, in the real world. And you'll find a lot of entrepreneurs, um, really successful ones, had to overcome something in their own life. In my case, uh, I used to stammer very badly, stutterer. And it was embarrassing because I couldn't stand up in front of a class and, and uh, you know, talk and answer questions or you know, be able to present you know, a, a project, let's say. Well, I did, was determined I wasn't going to let stuttering you know, uh, hold me down. So I worked really hard to, to overcome it and I did overcome it, but I can't tell you the number of people who have been really successful in business who had a problem. It may have been dyslexia. You know, they had trouble reading. It may have been stuttering. You know, it may have been uh, they were shy and self-conscious, but 
the ones who really succeed are the ones who say, darn it, I'm not going to let that slow, uh, hold me back. I'm going to uh, figure out how to get over that particular problem. And it's the challenge of taking on a, a problem, even if it's a personal one, like stuttering in my case, and getting over it that builds your confidence and it gives you, you know, the self-esteem. And a big part of being a leader is, is having self-esteem. Wow, and I completely agree with that. Um, what are your thoughts on the direction that Apple has taken over the years? Do you like what they're doing? Do you differ with them a little bit? No, I, I really like what, what, what they're, they're doing. There, there are different kinds of leaders. So uh, Steve Jobs, uh, when, when I worked with him, was not a particularly great uh, executive. He was a brilliant genius at vision, at conceptualizing things, explaining to people and leading a team to be able to build you know, amazing products. Steve Jobs, let's say 2.0, when he came back to Apple, you know, it was now uh, you know, 12 years later, was much more mature and he became a, a very good executive of, of a uh, large corporation. But even Steve Jobs or myself, couldn't equal what Tim Cook is doing at Apple. Tim Cook uh, is able to run a very large, very complex organization, the most valuable corporation in, in the world. And he's done it with a set of principles. Apple was always a company that had what we used to call first principles. And I remember working together with Steve when, when we were creating the first principles that are still foundational to Apple today. You know, principles like no compromises, you know, that we would uh, put a huge uh, priority on beautiful design. Uh, we would focus on building uh, loyalty. You know, we wanted Apple fan clubs to, to really be proud of the products that we were building for them. And we wanted products that could connect with each other, that could create an ecosystem. And so those are still foundational uh, principles that Tim Cook leads with today. But Tim Cook, uh, is someone who not only can lead a company, Apple's come out with some really uh, great products under his leadership like the Apple Watch, but Tim Cook is somebody who has been able to manage a large complex company and build it to the most valuable corporation in the world. Now that's a skill that I don't have that can equal Tim Cook. Uh, I'm much uh, more uh, effective, I think, when companies are at an earlier stage, back in the days when Steve Jobs and I were working together over the 10 years I was at Apple. We, when I joined Apple, uh, the headquarter building of Apple was uh, in a residential house. And Steve Jobs uh, had his Macintosh team, the average age of, of the 100 people who were on his Macintosh team was 22 years old. Uh, that was how old the, the team was that built the first Macintosh. And the youngest member of the team was 14. And so it was a very young group. And, it, and the original Macintosh building, I remember seeing it for the first time and I had never seen anything like it because it was, it was a cement building with almost no win, uh, windows in it, just tilt up concrete walls. And on the roof was a black and white pirate flag flying because Steve Jobs said, we're the pirates. You know, we're the ones who... Um, break the rules and figure out things that no one else can. And so that culture is what early Apple was like. And um, it was just a wonderful experience. I mean, I, I will treasure it forever to have been, been a part of that. Wow. And another question I have, 
is what is the most rewarding experience you have ever encountered in your business career? I think the most rewarding experience is really uh, watching the pride of the people that worked at Pepsi with me or the people who worked at Apple with me and, and the pride of their seeing that they were able to accomplish more than they ever believed they were possible, able to do. And so you really take um, pride, not so much in what are the sales, what are the profits? Uh, of course, those things are important, but you take pride in, in the people who made it happen. And you take pride at watching them grow and watching the way they worked with, with others on the team to get things done as, as a team, as an organization. And those are the things that I have as my best memories. Wow. And one final question that I have is, what do you think is one thing that every executive needs if they want to have the best company in a specific industry, any industry it could be tech, it could be beverages or anything like that. What is one trait that they gotta have? And of course there's many traits, but what is one trait that you think that they have to have if they're gonna survive in that job and get well, profits up? Uh, I, I think trust is the most important. If you put it into one word, um, people have to trust you. You have to trust them. You have to bring people into the organization who understand and can appreciate the culture. The culture has to be obvious enough that people can see it and see that it, that it works. And a culture that, that uh, puts a high value, the highest value on, on trust um, are examples of the best corporations. Awesome. And one other question I do just want to slide in real quick, if you're fine, is what is the difference in your opinion between entrepreneurs, people who create companies and people who later come in like Tim Cook, who are CEOs? What would you say is the main difference? I think the main difference is that it takes different kinds of skills uh, in different eras of, of a company. In the era that I was at Apple, this, the skill was building. You know, how do you build you know, great products? How do you build that are going to define the whole industry? How do you how do you build an organization uh, that can do things that have never been done before? What Tim Cook does is a different kind of skill. It's not a skill that I'm anywhere near as good at as he is. And that is, how do you manage an organization and get it to grow to become even more successful as it scales and becomes larger and larger? And that's a, an incredibly important skill, but it's a skill that uh, is more and more important as a company matures. So the time that Tim Cook came in, uh, Apple was already a pretty large corporation and they had to become even larger and he's done it with exceptional talent and he's brought in exceptionally great people, but he's built the Apple organization so that it could become the largest corporation in the world. I mean, that's, that's amazing what he's, he's accomplished, uh, but it's a different set of skills than back in the early days when I was working with Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak and, and you know, we were doing things that, that uh, it was totally entrepreneurial. We were uh, breaking uh, the rules of people said, well, why would anyone need a personal computer? Well, first of all, Woz had to invent so many of the things that uh, became foundational to personal computers, like color displays, like the floppy disk drive, it didn't exist until Woz invented them. And uh, Steve Jobs had to have the vision of Gee, why don't we uh, take a personal computer motherboard and put it into a case and make it look like a typewriter with, with a keyboard? Well, 
Steve Jobs created that idea. He was, Steve was not an engineer, but he saw things from a design standpoint. And he was the one who would observe technologies and say, wow, if I could get that technology and put it into an Apple product, imagine what I could do with it. So those are different kinds of skills than uh, leading Apple today. And uh, you got to have both. Absolutely, you got to have both in different eras. Thank you so much. And is there anything else that you'd like to add? Well, I'm just really excited, Jacob, that you're uh, so enthusiastic about business and, and you want to get um, you know, people in your generation you know, thinking about what it is and what does it take to kind of get into business and, and how do you learn about business? And then once you're in business, how do you, how do you grow in that business and how does the organization grow you know, as, as you take on bigger and bigger responsibilities? So uh, I, I wanted to uh, take you up in your invitation to talk with you today because I'm just really impressed that you are uh, taking this kind of initiative. So I wish you great luck. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you.